This is the SPFL 42 show, covering every division in Scotland. Hello and welcome to the special Scottish Cup version of the SPFL 42 show with me, Dr Grant Campbell. In this episode I'm joined by five gentlemen whose sides will be keen to make progression into the last 16 of the competition. For Martin United had an excellent penalty shootout win against League 2 and an Athletic in the previous round. Goalkeeper Kevin Main was the star of the show that day and he'll join me on the show to discuss his size chances against Motherwell, a match which manager Paul Lawson knows well, having played for Motherwell in the past. Fellow Highland League side Fraserburgh will also be able to make it through to the last 16 of the competition and they host Montrose. I'm joined by Martin Moyer, Fraserburgh supporters trust and superfan to discuss the Brock's chances of a shock at Bellsley on Saturday. On Monday night, Queen of the South will entertain Hibernian in a match you can watch live on BBC Sports Scotland. The Queens have been going well this season under Alan Johnston, and commentator Finlay Jack will join me on the show to discuss if they can cause a massive upset and knock out third-placed Hibs of the Scottish Premiership. East Fife have been going rather well themselves after returning to League One action following the coronavirus shutdown. And they host Morton in the last 32. Assistant manager Tony McMinn will join me on the show to discuss the Fifers' chances of beating Morton. And in the final part of the show, I'll be joined by Clyde fan and Talking Boss lower league presenter Dylan McDonald about Clyde's chances of causing an upset against Air United. And we'll also go through the rest of the last 32 matches, giving our predictions in the process. Remember, you can follow the SPFL 42 show on various social media platforms. You can follow us at the SPFL 42 on Twitter, and you can search the SPFL 42 show on Anchor, Apple, and Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, the Scottish Cup throws up some extremely exciting fairy tale matches, and for Martin United here in the northeast of Scotland, have a magnificent title to look forward to against Scottish Premiership outfit Motherwell after their superb penalty shootout victory over Annan in the previous round. And one of the heroes from that magnificent night at North Lodge Park is their goalkeeper, Kevin Mayne, who joins me on the show. Kevin, a warm welcome to you. It's great to talk to you as well. First of all, congratulations on your win against Annan. A very special night for you for many reasons. Yeah, it was um, obviously my birthday, uh, 39, making any younger. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it was uh, good, to get a, good to get a win on my birthday. Yeah, absolutely. And a great way to come back in the game as well because you fell a goal behind inside the first 10 minutes and to take the game to a penalty shootout against a, a League 2 outfit is a, a very commendable effort. Oh, um, the thing is, we were a wee bit rusty from the start. Uh, like you say, we've not played them long enough, so um, to go 1-0 down, the boys showed a bit of character to come back, and um, we dug in, and we worked really hard, and to be fair, I thought we should actually have won it before we got to the extra time. Mm-hmm. How big a frustration has it been for a club like for Martin in the High League to not have played any competitive matches for a, a long period of time because of the coronavirus shutdown? Well, that's it. The thing is, the boys have still been like training and we've been doing individual programs and that. So, really, you're just sitting waiting on the phone for somebody to, to give the go ahead to come back and play. So, mm-hmm. like I said, it's been frustrating, but the boys have been professional and worked hard through that, that the rest period, basically. Yeah, and I'm sure Paul Lawson and everybody involved at Fermarn has got you guys uh, really through your paces through the, the shutdown. Oh, definitely. The thing is, we've got a fitness 
coach um, Eric White and yeah. he the boys programmes for the keep day and it's um, aye, the boys have done well and they've all kept themselves really fit and ready to go. Talk to me about the match in midweek because, you know, when the game is heading towards 90 minutes, you're back in level terms. Very even contest by all accounts. Are you just thinking, let's try and win the game rather than, than, than not lose it? That's it. Um, the thing is, the big team's on it as well. It's one of the things that you're just going for it. Nobody really wants to go extra time. If you can get the game won in the 90 minutes, then you want to do it. Um, you could see on it as well, they were trying to push because obviously they've got a long trip home. Some of the boys were saying that they're actually staying Carlisle. Also. Right. Um, the, last, the last thing they were wanting was extra time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a real shame during this pandemic that fans have not been able to come to the games. Did that feel a big miss on Tuesday night? Uh, oh, you definitely you feel sorry for the fans, like you say. Um, the thing is, there's a few clubs that's been streaming it. It's near the same, but at least I get to watch it. But uh, it, it does make a difference. It's usually quiet when there's no one there. Um, I think we've got like 15 committee, uh, 15 like members of that allowed in to watch the game. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully we can open up again a bit soon and let some of the fans back in. Talk to me about your emotions as you're getting prepared for that penalty shootout because goalkeepers, for me, can be the heroes of the hour. Um, and obviously, there's maybe a bit less pressure, perhaps? Oh, definitely. The thing is, it's one of the lines, it's a 50 50 day, it's a lottery. Um, I don't really feel the pressure of penalty shouts. It's, it's one of the things that it's just natural that I, I, I just think I can read penalty tears quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually said before, um, Paul was wanting penalty takers to, to take a kick that I would save two penalties and hopefully I say the boy could screw the boys could score three and then we would get through. Yeah, absolutely. Connor Gethin scoring the winning penalty a guy with a, a fabulous history in Scottish football. Oh definitely. Um Connor's been there and done it. He's obviously played in a, a higher level in Ireland as well. Um be a Peterhead and there and he's a, a quality striker and he's he's good for the young lads as well. A very exciting match, as I mentioned at the start of this interview, Kevin. The draw against Motherwell at home. What's your thoughts going into the game? To be honest, it was to start with. It was getting through the Arnhem game, and now we're there. It's um, it's exciting, but obviously it's nervous rocking as well because you didn't want to go and uh, you didn't want to go and get a, a thrashing. Really, you want to go and get a good account yourself for not only uh, for Martin but for also for the Heimlich League as well. Yeah, um, and with Broder's Broder's result in midweek as well, and it, it's one of the it, it, it is doable, but they need to have a really bad day, and we need to be on top of our game. Well, let's talk about the Highland League because we've obviously mentioned about Broder, but obviously Fraserburgh are playing in the same round of the competition as well. Do you think the Highland League sides are beginning to really get on the heels of some of the bottom sides in League Two? The thing is, there's, there's not much of a difference to be honest. I mean, even like say Fraserburgh, even Cove, they're flying in the uh, League One just now. And the thing is, it's a good standard behind it, but it's just you need a chance um, with a pyramid system and that not functioning just now. Um, it's one of that ones that like likes of Brora are sitting at the top. They need the opportunity to go up. If maybe it's for Martin next year, there's got to be a pathway there. Um, for the teams to try and progress. Yeah, and and do you guys look at Broder's result against Hearts as inspiration for yourselves against Motherwell? Look, if they can do it, we can do it as well. Well, that's uh, probably puts a wee bit more pressure on us because obviously Motherwell seeing that game, they're looking at it thinking, well, obviously they would take us serious anyway, but they maybe start a wee bit more. 
precocious player. Mm. Um, but the thing is, Motherwell's got international players. They are, they'll, um, they'll probably give us the respect, but they'll be here to, to go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, this is one of Paul Lawson's former clubs, isn't it? Because he was also on the big set at Motherwell for a period too. He was. I think he was there for a couple of years. That's right. Um, I, I think he actually probably left Motherwell to come up to Fort Martin, if I, if I remember correctly. That's right. That's right. Um, so it, it's exciting for him. I think he still knows some people at the club. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a good good tie for him as well. And of course, Mother will come into the game off the back of a four-one defeat at Kilmarnock before the international break. Do you think that that's probably a, a bad or a good thing to play them? What do you think? To be honest, it's one of the lines that they're a professional club. Uh, yes, they've been beaten four-one, but they've had a couple of weeks now since or a week since the the game, and they'll be working hard. And the thing is, they'll not want a cup shock, so they'll they'll be good all uh, guns blazing. They'll maybe um, want no shocks. I guess the biggest disappointment for yourself and everybody associated with Martin, as I mentioned earlier on, that the, the no fans will be able to descend on North Lodge Park because I'm sure there'll be a pretty good atmosphere for a, a Scottish Premiership club coming up there. But uh, and the thing is as well, the, being a Premiership club, they get up to a couple of thousand every week I travel on fans, so mm. um, it would have made a fair difference for the club financially as well to get the, the, the fans on Motherwell in. But it's it's one of the things we just have to try and go on with it. And um, the thing is, hopefully, like say they can get the pay per view or something like that, and the fans can yeah. get to see it online. And how do you, as a goalkeeper, prepare for a big game against a more illustrious opponent? Is there is there less pressure on you, or do you feel more pressure because you kind of know in your mind that you're probably going to be busier than usual? Uh, I think, uh, I, to be honest, I just prepare for every game the same. It doesn't matter if it's Motherwell, if it's Lossy Mouth, for volume, you treat every game the same. Uh, I'll just go through my usual routine, get my warm-up done, just get myself ready, basically. Um, yeah. For, like you say, I'll obviously going to be a bit busier against Motherwell, but it's, it's just a, a, it's another game, to be honest. If for Marta were to do the unthinkable and beat Motherwell, because it can happen, we saw Albion Rovers beat Motherwell in the past in the Cup, how big a result would that be for for Martin's history? Oh, it would probably be the biggest result in the history. I don't think for Martin have ever played a Premier League club before. Mm. Um, they had part of this all a couple of years ago in the Scotch as well. Uh, but oh, it would be massive. But at the end of the day, it's, it's one of the lines, like I say, we would have to be at the top of our game and they would have to have a very, a very, very bad day. Absolutely. And do you kind of see this as a bit of a free hit? Because obviously the, the Highland League at the moment, as things stand, showing no signs of really kicking back up again. How do you approach the game? Uh, to be honest, we'll probably go into the game and just try and frustrate them, to be honest. To be honest um, it's one of those, like I say, a free hit, probably. Um, they've got all the, the pressure on them to come. They'll be expected to win four, five, six, so they'll be coming out to try and put on a show and well, I really hope it's a competitive game and I really hope that Martin give an extremely good account flying the flag uh, for the Highland League, Kevin. Thanks very much for coming on the SPFL 42 show and I really wish you guys all the very best of luck. Perfect, thank you very much. Let's know about now, one thing that really excites me about the Scottish Cup is some of uh-huh. the unknown sides who are very much having a, a really good run in the competition. And Fraserburgh here in the northeast of Scotland have had a terrific journey so far through to the last 32. And I'm joined by, on the, by this part of the show by a gentleman who knows more about Fraserburgh than most of the Players' Association, Martin Moyer. Martin, a warm welcome to you. Oh, hello, hello. How are you doing? 
I wouldn't say like a, I wouldn't say that I play like but I'm kind of like I'm kind of get involved with it, like the club and that. Yeah, the supporters club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm involved kind of well with the club, so yeah. Uh-huh. Nice one. Well, great to have you on the show, Martin. First of all, um, yep. how frustrating has it been uh, for a club in the Highland League, of, such as Fraserburgh, to have not had much football to ha- play around? It's been horrible. It's been horrible. Every club, in, in every club, it's, it's been absolutely horrible mm-hmm. not to get actually into games and actually kind of watch your teams play it's just been horrible but still at the kind of at the end of the day it's a game at the end of the day because a game at um, football as well so yeah um, no absolutely I think it's been a very frustrating time for the Highland League clubs and you know yourselves um, you know you've only had uh, two games um, in 2021 uh, against and against Banks of which we'll come on to talk about later on yes yeah yeah I mean that was a really good win in the in the cup game uh, to win that match against your local rivals Banks of from from Aberdeen the junior team. Yeah, I know it was it was as well like it was actually like a we actually ground it out from like a, from being a goal down as well. Mm. I, I goal in after an hour I think it was. Yeah. It, it, I had the game on to get the house of my laptops on my TV so <laughs> well, I had like uh, if. I like it, the game through like my season ticket and uh, I kind of thinking oh 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 okay, here we go I go down and then I thought actually and the rock are actually going going down the slope in the, in the um, second half as well I'm thinking yeah. and we'll score and we'll score like at least once and then we'll score twice so we're kind of we're kind of scraped through to be honest with you yeah, the bunks of the Yorkshire put the bunks of the Yorkshire kind of scrapped pretty well in that day, kind of at every ball, and they did. So it was actually it was actually very very tight. Yep, Scott Barber and in the end. Yep, Scott Barber and Jamie Beagry got the the two goals. For Jamie Beagry, I like uh, Jamie scrambled it in, in in the end, like scrambled the end on the line. <laughs> Uh, it's just on the line. I think I think he scrambled it in. So, but still, it's a goal. A goal. Uh, a goal's a goal. It's the end of the day. It's yeah. enough to win your game. So I'll take it. As part of the supporters' trust, Martin, how do you keep fellow fans engaged in following the club during the pandemic? Um, we actually have our um Facebook page, and I'm actually a um um. Admin of it as well, so um, we actually try to post kind of everything, everything kind of club related, supporters club related, and everything on that. Mm-hmm. Try to keep them like um, engaging that on the and on the games and on the club, etc. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very important to keep fans engaged during this time. And as we've yes. talked about, you know, the fact that a team in the Highland League have not been able to play nearly the amount of games that your Premiership mm-hmm. and Championship clubs have had to face. I you know, know to keep them engaged yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. In all the clubs up here, kind of, kind of community based as well. So, and they actually rely on the kind of. The media and all that, that kind of like information yeah. going back 
the back to them, so it is. I love that Egon League, and actually, in a way, in the way everyone can interact in the Egon League, it's brilliant. Everyone can come together, yes, in a way, mm-hmm. and especially after Pro result and wins and kind of huge tonight, it has actually proved it. So it's actually, it was the Pro result on Tuesday night. That was absolutely fantastic. It certainly was. It actually, it actually proves a point as well regarding the um, pyramid as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Teams around the League, the Oldland League as well. We can actually kind of keep our um, tools in that league, no problem at all. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think Fraserburgh are uh, very much in that conversation as well. Now, Fraserburgh have had a, a great history in recent times in the Scottish yeah. Cup, obviously playing Rangers in the past, most famously, and you know, I'm sure you would have yeah. been very much involved with that day, Martin. I mean, it's great yeah, when a big yeah. clubs come up to Bellsley, and obviously Fraserburgh have opportunities to play uh, outside of their own club as well, to get involved within the Scottish Cup. Mm-hmm, yes, exactly, exactly. A competition as well. And the Brock Hawks are thriving playing in the Scottish Cup. It actually makes the club actually kind of thrive, makes the pound actually go, oof, mm. oof. Yeah. Everyone, everyone likes the Scottish Cup again, so it does, it does. In the club as well, in the club as well, actually thriving playing kind of every competition. Every cup competition, Aberdeenshire Cup, Aberdeenshire Shield, Scottish Cup, like the club actually love winning cups. Mm-hmm. It's the way the mentality is at the Rock as well. So yes, absolutely. Love winning cups. And of course, the the Scottish Cup has paired Fraserburgh with Montrose, a, a club you mm-hmm. know well. After of, the, of course, they had a really good win against uh, Neon County in the previous round. How yes. tough a game is that for Fraserburgh? It's a hard game, actually. It's a hard game regarding the fact that now, but now. Montrose are up to League One now, and they're actually performing quite well, mm. especially last season as well. Um, and also this season, also they're also kind of quite mid table as well. Mm-hmm. So, but like um, in as well for in the Brock at home in the cup, regarding um, and against a lot of teams, like actually. I, I, I think they both have a chance, actually. Well, it's funny you mention it's funny you mention that because the last meeting, as well. the last meeting between the two sides was in 2013. Yes, also in the Scottish yeah, Cup. 2013, in the first one. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. We went down a goal to nil at half time for a goal from I think it was Ross. McCord, I think it was. He scored a pretty was beautiful indeed. goal. Ross McCord, you're absolutely spot on. Um, Ross McCord. Just before half time, I think it was. Yeah. I think he scored in the bottom corner. And then we equalised with a quarter an hour to go, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was indeed Graham Johnston. From Graham Johnston. Graham yeah. Johnston equalised. Like a screamer. A 20 yard tap in from Graham Johnston is normal. So <laughs> and, and then, can I write into injury time, Grant Noble scored past, um, I think it was Stuart McKenzie, who's back at Gove again. Mm-hmm. And I right past him and there's like a beauty beauty through the round four and then you see the draw on uh, and it was kind of on an athletic or Senhouse Muir it was yes then we drew away to Senhouse Muir and that was a brilliant brilliant 
the out at um, Ogilvy as well. Yeah. We actually lost the game 3 0. We were uh, in. It was Brockles who played well that day, actually. And we lost the three goals in the last quarter hour of the game, actually, as well. So it gave me a game as well on that day. It was, it was just a great day. I love the day of the days out in the Scottish Cup. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Martin, if Fraserburgh were to beat Montrose on Saturday, mm-hmm. would that be yeah. the biggest result in the club's history? Um, I wouldn't think it'd be the biggest result in our history. It goes back to obviously the Scottish Cup was all back in 1959 against the Belzees, so that's kind of, you know, so the Brewer result in Tuesday night kind of rivals that in a way, but. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the Brewer result back then was. Yeah, how do you. Regarding the G to the Stubbs of Dundee. Yeah, absolutely. In the top fight, in the one league in the Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you see Fraserburgh approaching the game, Martin? Do you think they'll go with nothing to lose, with nothing to fear? Um, yes, I think they will. Regarding the fact that we haven't played a game, obviously, since the Banks of the game, and the fact the Highland League might not restart again. Mm-hmm. You just don't know regarding, regarding the fact the league might be starting, might not start again. So, yeah, I think they will. What's your, they gut, will. what's your gut feeling? Do you think the league will start again? Um, um, I think I think we shouldn't um, um, start the league again until, until actually scrap league season, restart again in July, August time, hopefully when we get crowds back in the ground. Mm-hmm. Because actually, it likes to start today, mm-hmm. they haven't played a game at all. Yes. yes. And that's not why I actually um, think about it as well. And yeah. if you actually restart the league, it's not saying that I've got to play every single game. Mm-hmm. And the Brock have played three games already. And mm-hmm. I got 16. So I'm like, mm, no. Yeah, I mean, going into the game itself, Martin, in terms of the Fraserburgh squad, who should people be mm-hmm. keeping an eye on that could cause Montrose problems? Uh, the players that can keep it, keep Montrose problems is uh, is um, Scott Barber up front. He's like a handful. He's pretty quick on the turn. Oh, um, centre of gravity as well so you have to spin through that quickly and create chances through to our through to our um, fellow strikers as well mm-hmm. and you've also got uh, Paul Campbell as well in the box he's actually very very clinical in the box if he gets a chance he'll take it yeah, yeah. Um, also as well in uh, mid field as well and you've got um, Paul Young whose dad actually played, played in for Fraser back in the um, 90s as well, Jimmy Young, and he's very, very experienced in the league. Mm-hmm. And he's got a very, very great range of um, paths in that as well. And he will actually split through, split through the defence as well. Yeah. With a pass. No, it's, it's certainly going to be a very interesting and intriguing game, and I think Fraserburgh yeah. will uh, definitely give a, a very good account of themselves. How will you be mm-hmm. watching the game? I'm sure there'll be a live stream set up for the match, I take it? 
yes, I have got a live stream, uh-huh. and it will be through my um, season ticket as well. So I will have it. I will have my game on my TV next Saturday afternoon in, in the house. So. Absolutely. And if Fraser were to win, Martin, how will you celebrate? Um, <laughs> in a normal way. A, a couple of drams, I'll just kind of celebrate in a normal way. <laughs> it was not quite in the pubs after a game, so it's just a house. It's my kind of virtual, it's my virtual pub. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and if Fraser were to pub. get through, Martin, if Fraser were to make it through to the last 16, how big an achievement would that be for the club? It'd be absolutely kind of um, astronomical, actually. It'd actually break our previous records of obviously getting through for the last 32, mm-hmm. which we've reached a few times through the years. It, it will be it will be absolutely great achievement and exposure for the club mm-hmm. in a whole. Yes. Um, I mean, there's no doubt that Mark Cowie is doing a tremendous job at Fraserburgh. He's in a fantastic job. I thought, he, and he got the job, I think, and mm, I don't really know, but still, he's, he's actually built and built and built on that squad and that team, and he's, he's actually improved the team mm-hmm. year on year on year. Mm-hmm. Trophies gradually up the league, up the league, and the runner up last season as well, and we gave Brewer a, a proper run for their money. As yeah. well, we lost them just before the lockdown. The last year's with the Belsley, we actually went up a goal, and then in the Brewer equalised, and then right in kind of injury time, in the Brewer actually threw kind of everyone's kind of box, and Brewer just kind of broke clear and scored the winning goal. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think I think that goal actually the one Brewer, the one Brewer of the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, no. That day as well, the players just absolutely um, they're under heart out in that day. Can actually prove to you in the world can play against anything. Yeah. Last question for you on Fraserburgh, Martin. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. the long term, do you think Fraserburgh have the credentials and the setup to make it into League Two? Well, I think we do have the credentials in in this. Set up as well. And the club is actually, the club is actually um, very, 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 very well run mm-hmm. all throughout. I think we can actually hold our own in that league, as kind of proven. It was kind of um, decent results through kind of through the cup and again kind of recent years. We can actually hold our own. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. Obviously, Fraserburgh yeah. do play Montrose uh, on Saturday. Martin, I want to wish everybody associated with Fraserburgh all the best for that match. And thanks for coming on SPFL 42 show to tell me all about uh, the Fraserburgh Supporters Trust and, and also a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes at the Belsley Club. Thank you very much, my friend. Queen of the South have had a really uh, exciting period in the season so far and uh, um, obviously one of their matches in the, the Scottish Cup is a home match against Hibs which you can watch live on BBC Sports Scotland this weekend and I'm joined uh, to preview that uh, match with Finlay Jack. Finlay, a warm welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, really great uh, time of things for Queen of the South, most notably as we're recording this, you guys just coming off the back of a tremendous victory at Tynecastle. Yeah, it's been good. It's been a bit bizarre because we've 
won at Tynecastle after losing at home to Arlo on the way to Morton, who are eighth and tenth in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's we're a good team. Uh, we could be anyone in the league. I think that's us this season. We've beaten every team in the league, but we've also lost every team in the league bar abroad. So. The last time we spoke for the SPFL 42 show, Queen of South had had a, a good bit of momentum after a slow start to the season. That that seems to have continued on on the whole. Yeah, it's been good. Um, that kind of second third, if you like, the, the nine games in the middle, uh, we were really, really well. Only lost one game, drew one game, and then won seven, which was quite a remarkable turnaround. And I, I think if you look at the table from Boxing Day, we are top of it. Mm-hmm. By on was after the first nine games, obviously it started nine games before that. But yeah, momentum's carried on. We've had plenty of injuries, um, but the boys that came into the team have have stayed the claim for a good position. And we've signed to like sort of Isaiah Jones, who's been dynamite when he's fit. Even Dixon played well yesterday, and then Calvin McGrory and Isaiah Joseph came into the team in recent weeks and done very well themselves. Yeah, let's talk about that victory against Hearts because Connor Shields is the man of the moment, isn't he? Another double yesterday. The fact that Queen of the South were two 0 up. And then Hearts came back to 2-2 and then you guys won it in the last 10 minutes of the game at Tynecastle Finn. A tremendous result for Alan Johnston and his team. Yeah, and it showed really, really good character. It showed that, you know, when the chips were down, when you lose, because going 1-0 up and 2-0 up and then making it 2-0 at Tynecastle must be hard to take for the players. But they kept fighting and it was nice to see the team set up to win the game. We didn't mm. go and set up to, to take a point, to hit them on the break. You know, we, we passed them more than Hearts passed the ball. We had the ball on the deck a lot more than Hearts did. Yeah. We used the pitch well, and uh, Connor Shields is, you know, is sublime. And I'll be surprised if he's at the Scottish Championship next season, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but we've just got to enjoy him while we've got. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really another impressive guy who has impressed me throughout the, the season is Ayo Obalayi at the back. Yeah, um, he's moved about. So he was the centre half, and he kind of started a bit, a bit slowly. And then he, you know, when the team started playing well, he was the centre of it. He got moved into midfield away to Inverness. Kind of forcefully because we had no midfielders. He played there and he was brilliant. And he just moved. He moved back to centre half for the first time yeah. against Hearts. But nine league goals this season. That's second only to Liam Boyce. Yeah. But for a centre half turned holder midfielder, that is a remarkable turnaround. Yeah, and, and obviously Queen of the South had a, a really good victory in the last round of the cup, winning against uh, another Queen's side, Queens Park, who've obviously been going well themselves. Yeah, Queens Park got given the. They got picked up a lot, especially on the TV. It was. Queen's Park this, Queen's Park that, and no one really, it was bizarre because it was almost like they were favourites, the way people were talking, but we'd already beat them earlier in the season at Hamden in the Betfred's Cup, and it was just a good professional performance, uh, Queen's Park have good players, don't get me wrong, they're probably a, an upper league one, lower championship side, but the quality of player we've got, it was a good win, hard fought win, and we took our chances, which is all you can really do. As I mentioned in uh, the preview to you coming on the show, Finn, you obviously have that match against Hibs, which is live on BBC Sports Scotland. Uh, it's, it's not very often this season that uh, teams come up to play both the Edinburgh clubs at very close proximity. It's bizarre, isn't it, the way it's worked out? Well, listen, I think we're glad we've got them at home. Um, and for trailing within against Hearts, there's no reason why we can't get the win. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how do you guys approach this game? Because, you know, Hibs have been going along fairly okay in the Scottish Premiership. They, they're probably looking strong favourites to finish third. But how do you guys approach this game? Do you feel you can get at them? Absolutely. I think I think they'll approach it very, very similar to the way that the Hearts game was approaching. We had five at the back, or three at the back against Hearts. But with his shields up front running the lines and Toby behind them creating the chances, I can't see many changes, if any, being made to the team, really, because it was clearly effective. Yeah. Hibs are there to be to be gotten at. You know, Nisbet, he's away with Scotland just now, so he'll be away till Wednesday, Thursday. 
Wilkie's start we're unsure we've got a couple other boys away so yeah it's it's, it's going to be a real tough game um, Hibs they're a bit consistent this season you know they're third in the Premiership but they've not been overly convincing uh, at all times uh, Jack Ross I've seen him at the game yesterday at Tynecastle so he'll definitely um, know that Connor Shields is the man to watch but yeah. we've got goals all over the pitch I will with nine this season Stephen Dobie's that was his best performance of the year at Tynecastle Willie Gibson we know what he's like he was actually man of the match believe it or not despite Connor Shields scoring two mm. goals so goals all over the pitch um, with nothing to lose and uh, I fancy our chances to be honest How important is it for Queen of the South to have a good cup run in terms of you know obviously the battling in the league because you know they're sitting sixth at the moment there's, there's absolutely nothing in it between uh, second place Wraith Rovers who are three points ahead and Morton who are five points adrift off Queen of the South and eight there's just not very much in the, the championship where does the cup lie in your personal aspirations for Queens that's a, that's a good question if you were to offer me being hips or getting the top four I would probably edge towards taking that top four mm. um, it's, it's, it's so tough because the way the way it's fell obviously the Scottish Cup later on in the season but we've got five cup finals after the Hibs game uh, you know the teams we've got left are second, third, fourth, fifth and seventh to play and we're set yeah. five huge wins Hibs is first but listen, the players will take it one game at a time. The manager reiterates that every single time he speaks to me. It's one game at a time. Mm-hmm. And they've got nothing to lose. And it might be a nice little break because there's no pressure on Queen's here. Yeah. There's no pressure whatsoever. They can go out just express themselves. And there's a lot of really talented boys in that team. It's mm-hmm. on the telly, so you know there'll be teams watching. They may want to impress Premiership teams. You never know. It's a Scottish Cup, isn't it? It's magic, yeah. so... Absolutely, we, we've seen some really extraordinary results in the Scottish Cup, not just with, with Brora beating Hearts in the previous round. Do you guys look at results like that and think, you know, if, if, if Brora can go to at home and play Hearts and, and, and beat them, anybody could beat anybody in the Cup? I, don't, I think we knew that anyway. I think, you know, we've had some famous results over the years. We've maybe Aberdeen in that semi-final 13 years ago. Yeah, don't remind me of that. <laughs> Um, you know, we've beat St Johnston recently in recent years, we've beat Hibs in the League Cup in recent years. You know, we know we're capable of beating these Premiership teams. We're a good team, uh, and the players will believe, the players will know that if they play at their best, yeah. as good as that as Hibs do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you were talking about uh, Queen of the South uh, last beating Hibs. That was in 2016, at 3-1 win at, at Easter Road. And uh, a, a certain Lyndon Dykes scored in that game, as did Stephen Dobie. Yeah, it was... Um, I think it was it was Dobie's first goal since returning to the club. Dykes' first goal for the club. In fact, Dobie's only returned the previous week, so when he played, if you see the highlights, he doesn't even have Dobie on the back of his shirt. It's just a number eleven. <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, it was uh, yeah Dobie and Dykes linked up, and that was the start of uh, a special, special relationship and a special time for Queens fans as well. What a win that was because we're one down within about two minutes. That's right. We got three goals in the last fifteen, I think. And yeah. Just, yeah. What a day. You, you mentioned earlier on you got uh, five cup finals in the championship. You got Inverness and Wraith at home, Dundee at home, and then, well, in Sandwich, inside the Wraith and Dundee games, you've got Dunfermline away and Air away. I mean, it, really interesting games, and obviously the Hibs game as well. The fact that it's got a clamour on the TV, you know, if you were to get through that, then suddenly you've another game in the cup to look forward to. Exactly, but then if you get through that, you've got another game to go to where the players could tie or the players could get injured and. Mm. That kind of ruins the past couple of games. So it's listen. I, 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 I'd love to be heads, and I think everyone would love to be heads. We're not saying we wouldn't like to. For me, I, I can't speak for the players or the manager. For me, I think the league's a priority. I mm. think that's your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. A couple of a bonus. We've got to the. I think it's the last thirty-two just now. We've got a good kind of glamour tie against Hibs and you know, if we win, that's going to be a famous, famous win for us. So, but, for me, 
for me, they'll be the priority. In terms of danger men for Hibs that Queen of the South need to keep an eye on, you mentioned obviously Nisbet, you know, we don't know if he'll be playing or not, you know, that could be an interesting story. Who else could be a, a big threat for Hibs in your opinion? He's going to be a threat, you know. Penalty box striker. He's, he's more than that, but he is. He scores plenty of goals in the box. Martin Boyle's the one that's done a lot this season. If he's up against Willie Gibson, that's going to be a really, really intriguing battle. Mm. Um, and they've just they've got talent throughout the whole pitch. It's hard to really single out players in the middle of the park. Alexa like Jackson, Irvin, Newell, Jeff, Jamie Murphy plays, or he may be. I don't know if he can play because I'm not from Rangers, but plenty of boys. Cadden, yeah. It's hard to single out two or three from Hibs that are going to be the kind of game changers because they've got a team of 11 game changers, you'd have to say. I bet you're just glad you're not playing Aloha because they seem to have your number uh, this season. <laughs> we've lost three games in 2021 and two have been against Aloha. Oh, it's a, oh, a nightmare. I, yeah. don't, I don't actively want teams to get relegated, but if Aloha were to go down... <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh on Peter Grant's team, but though I have to say it's it's quite a, it's quite extraordinary to see that it is twice that the Queens have lost all, and of course the 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 other one being uh, Morton, of course, which was uh, fascinating as well. But if you guys were to beat Hibs, you know how big a result would that be in Queen of the South's recent history? Huge, huge. We've not had a, a good good Scottish Cup run in, in six or seven years when we got to the quarterfinals, and it's the old, if we beat Hibs, it's going to be a brilliant result. I feel really sorry for the fans not being able yes. to, to be there to witness it because these results are, you've seen it abroad, you know, what a result, that's the biggest result in their history and no one is there yeah. to witness it. But if we beat Hibs, you know, you go to the last 16, you, you take a, a, an easy draw and you're in the quarterfinals and yeah, it's, uh, it, it would be huge, it would be absolutely massive and we're capable of it, you know, we'd be hard, had some good results over this season and the, the past two or three seasons, mm. so... Yeah, nothing to lose, nothing to lose you, at all. You mentioned there about the fact that there's no fans going to be at, uh, at Palmerston Park. How disappointing is that with the pandemic, obviously? Yeah, it's tough. I you know, I say it every time I'm commentating, commentating on the game, sorry, I'm exceptionally fortunate to get into the ground. And this is probably the best on the form we've been on um, in four or five years, at least maybe six. And the fact that fans aren't able to witness it and cheer on the team is... And it's tough to take because the likes of Ayo Belay and Connor Shields, there's every chance that Queen's fans will never get to see those players yes. in, the short in person. Yeah. Because they've been on TV the whole time, which is it's so sad. And Stephen Dobie, you know, he's, he's 38 now. Does he have another season after this? I don't know. I'm not sure if he knows. Yeah. And that'd be a real shame if he was to retire this season without a proper send off. So, yeah, it's, it is tough, and my heart does go into them all. Well, fingers crossed some fans at least could be allowed into the grounds yeah. come the end of the season and certainly at the start of next season. That would be very interesting. But but Finn, it's been great to chat with you. I really wish Queen of the South all the best for that game. That is live on the BBC. I think it's on Monday night, isn't it? It's a Monday night game. Easter Monday, 7.35pm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's on the BBC Sports Scotland channel. You can go and check that out. It should be a really interesting watch. Finn, thanks very much for coming on the SPFL 42 show and best of luck to the Dudehammers. Welcome back to this SPFL 42 show Scottish Cup special with me, Dr Grant Campbell. Now, East Fife have had a really interesting uh, start to coming back uh, playing football in League One and I'm joined by their assistant manager, Tony McMinn, to talk about their side's chances against Morton in the next round of the Scottish Cup. Tony, a warm welcome to you. Thanks for having us on, Grant. 
It's great to speak with you. Um, it's great to just be back playing football, isn't it? Because obviously the pandemic uh, shut League One and League Two down for uh, a few months. How did you guys cope during that period? Um, we were okay, to be honest. Uh, you know, we, we kind of seen it coming a little bit. So the guys had a programme to to follow. Obviously they were furloughed, so we were not allowed to do you know anything with them um, that's, that's officially organised or anything like that. So before they went off and furloughed, we gave them a programme you know, that they could follow if they wanted to. Um, thankfully, they've stuck to it and they've all came back really in really good condition and, and looking sharp. Yeah, absolutely. And it certainly started off very well for you because before the the pandemic shut these guys down, you were making a little bit of uh, head, headway in the, the title race. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't say as such we were in the title race. Um, you know, we had a lot of ground to, to make up on Falkirk, but... You know, certainly we're a team that's capable of going on, you know, very good runs of eight, nine games sometimes. Um, and it looked like we were just starting to do that. I think we had won five out of six or something before we stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's right. And coming back, obviously, from the, the shutdown, you had a very good win at Broadwood against Clyde. And then, as we're recording this yesterday, you had a, a very competitive goal straw with Cove Rangers. Yeah, um, the Clyde game was, was great. Um, we had a. I incline that you know the boys were were ready to go and fit. We had a very good performance against the NSU in the midweek and a, a friendly, and they carried that. That and then the Clyde game started at a really good intensity. And the good thing about the two games is we've been able to get you know five subs and four subs on the pitch mm-hmm. as well against Cove, and, and nothing's taken from that. You know the the, the when you're a part-time club coming back from the, the pandemic shutdown, obviously your, your players, you don't know how they're going to be up to speed, how quickly they're going to get up to sort of game speed and, and kind of game mentality. How surprised have you been with the, the progress that your team have kicked on again since coming back? I think one of the things we've been lucky with is a lot of continuity in the squad over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, there's a certain way that, that we time play, there's certain things that, you know, that, that are just built into them mm-hmm. and they're, they're, you know, used to doing. So it's maybe been a little bit easier for us than other clubs who've, who've chopped and changed a lot of players. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that uh, victory against Clyde, a very tough place to go and, and, and pick up three points. Yep. It's always, you know, always hard to play Clyde. They've got a real goal threat in them as well. and a good spine in the team mm-hmm. but uh, you know we, we prepare well for every game we do our, our homework on each opponent and I think we're quite detailed in that so that the guys kind of knew what to expect yeah absolutely and then a really competitive as I said 0-0 draw with uh, Cove Rangers and you know a really interesting moment in the game when uh, Mitch Meganson for Cove misses a penalty and you know a really big moment to, to I think your goalkeeper saved the penalty didn't he? Yeah, the, you know, Brett makes a good penalty save and um, the, the, the second save, the follow-ups, you know, top class from him. And, you know, it's one of the things that we, we encourage him to do is, you know, wait until the penalty's hit and, you know, he's done that and managed to save it. Let's talk about your upcoming Scottish Cup match because in the previous round you had a, a match-up against Trenent Juniors, one of the, the kind of lower-ranked sides in the competition. You had a little bit of a scare. You fell an early goal behind but ended up comfortable winners in the end with uh, Scott Agnew getting a hat-trick. Yeah, we were um, frustrated at the start, to say the least, in that game. It was something that, again, we, we always prepare well for games and we gave Trenent the same respect we give anybody. And it was actually highlighted in the match report that the ball shoot from anywhere. 
Um, so we weren't surprised that, that, that Boy Thompson, you know, tried that and we knew he had that in his locker. Um, fortunately for us, we had enough quality to, to see us through and, you know, Scott was coming on in a game. Yeah. You know, he had a few assists um, prior to that against Falkirk and, you know, the goals were, were always going to come. Yeah, absolutely. He scored the, a hat-trick in the game, as I mentioned. Also, two assists for uh, uh, goals from Craig Watson, your your, your centre-half, and, and Kevin Smith as well. And You know, when you have a player of Scott Agnew's quality in your team, you've always got a chance of picking up results, haven't you? Definitely. Definitely. He's, you know, one thing that Scott's done this year is defensively his, his stats and stuff are you know have improved massively as well which is is great and it's a real benefit to the team but we've been able to get him you know back getting goals and getting assists over the last I know I was saying the last few games when some of them were in December and January but um, yeah no it's a bit strange saying that but again he had another assist against Clyde as well yeah one of the great things I love about East Fife as a team is that there's a good blend of youth and experience in that team you've obviously got Danny Denham in your squad who obviously has had a, a fascinating career and also Danny Swanson who's obviously got some Premier League experience yep yep um, Danny Denham's a busiest man on social media isn't he <laughs> um, but again getting goals and assists out of Danny Denham and Danny Swanson had a little injury when he he came in, he's now over that and he has a you know a good impact on the game mm-hmm. against Cove yesterday when he comes on. Yeah, absolutely. You, you have uh, Montrose in the league uh, and also Clyde in the league before the, the Scottish yeah. game against Morton. How tough is that going to be in preparation for that match? <sighs> you know, the way we work, we, we do a lot of... Um, we do a report on each team and we do, you know, some video stuff with the boys on each team and saying, you know, we, we don't really shape up as such, you know, the, the, the walk-through kind of shape and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll reference it in our practices and, and our games and training, so it'll not have too big an effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not too big an effect on, on what we'd normally do. Yeah, absolutely. By the time you're listening to this podcast, you'll know how uh, East Fife have got on at Montrose, and then on, as I said, on Thursday, the 1st of April, there's no April Fool there, uh, they're playing Clyde uh, at home. Let's move on to the, the cup game itself against Morton at Bayview. Um, how do you anticipate the game? Because Morton have obviously been playing through uh, the shutdown, so you'd like to think they maybe have a slight advantage coming into the game? Um, potentially, they've also, I believe they've got seven days to prepare, haven't they? I don't think they've got, um, they've got games this midweek. No, they don't. But, um, it's, listen, it's, we, we'll just deal with the old cliche in one game at a time, but, we'll, you know, we'll be well prepared. We've got a, a 22-man squad that's, that's more than capable of dealing with it. The yeah. programme that we've got coming up Absolutely, and, and for a club like East Fife uh, Competing still in the Scottish Cup At this stage in the competition you know, a, a big opportunity to get through to the next round And maybe land one of the bigger teams Potentially, yeah It's something that was two years ago We beat um, Morton in the Cup At, at Bayview as well mm-hmm. um, And our, our record against Full-time teams has been been brilliant The boys enjoy the games They, they go and try and play football They go and try and attack 
you know these full time sides, and that's what we'll do on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a, it's going to be a really interesting game, I'm sure. Then uh, at Bayview, I mean, where, where do you see your best chances of maybe getting something out of the game? Is it is it going to be set pieces? Is it maybe having a bit of a go, trying to stay in the game for as long as possible, and then and then go for it in the second half? How, how are you going to approach the game, or do you know how to get to it? No, I mean we certainly won't won't be just trying to stay in the game. You know we'll be going just playing our normal, you know, quick style of football and trying to you know trying to get at them, trying to create chances. Um, and you know we are afraid from set pieces. We're, we're, we're decent from set pieces, but I think we're we're equally as good and. Um, and open play. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned, of course, uh, you'd beaten Morton previously at Bayview. Of course, 19th of January 2019, fell a goal down and, and came back to win that game 2 1 with uh, uh, Craig Watson getting the winning goal in that game. Yeah, yep. Um, it was, you know, I think actually one of the, the reporters, Colin, had, had come in um, to cover it, and the, the first goal comes off a kind of pre arranged set piece. Yeah. Um, as well. So, yeah, well, you know, the, the boys have got that character, and there'll, there'll be a lot of players that played in that game. Um, I know it was Scott Agnew and Liam Watt worked a, a short corner in that game for the first goal. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a lot of them are still here, so they'll, they'll have that confidence and that belief in themselves. Where does the Scottish Cup lie in your aspirations for the season, uh, Tony? Is it? to try and go as far now, but is the league uh, a bigger importance? Where do they both stand for you? Um, they're both of equal importance, especially given the financial burden that's been placed on clubs this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, running the Scottish Cup would be would be great for the club and, and generate some much needed income. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're seeing a lot of interesting results in the Cup this year. Obviously, Broda beating Hearts very sensationally in the last round. Do you kind of look at a team like that and think, if they can do it, so can we? Yeah, uh, we're just glad that Broda have now beaten Hearts and that becomes their <laughs> biggest ever um, Cup win. Having put us out a couple of seasons ago. But... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a cup, you know, and everybody speaks about the romance of the cup and how anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fascinating to see how you get on. I really hope that you give a really good account of yourself and, and hopefully, as I said, maybe draw one of the big boys in the next round. Uh, Tony, best of luck to yourself, Darren, and everybody at uh, East Fife. And thanks very much for coming on the SPFL 42 show to chat with me about it. Brilliant, Grant. Appreciate it. You have me on. Thank you. Now, the final part of this uh, Scottish Cup special, the SPFL 42 show with me, Dr. Grant Campbell. I'm joined by a gentleman who not only has a football team in the lower leagues in Scotland, which he has a, a devouring interest to, but also uh, has a great knowledge of all things lower league in Scotland. It is Dylan McDonald of Talking Boss Lower League. Dylan, a warm welcome to the show. Thanks, Grant, and yeah, looking forward to chatting all things Scottish Cup. It's great to have you on the show. It's great to, to chat with you once again. How have things changed over the last year since we last spoke? It's been a long time now. <laughs> it, has, it has been a long time. It feels like yesterday, bizarrely. But um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Grant, not, not much has changed, I guess, in our daily routine. But lower league football is back, which is, which is exciting. Saturdays feel more like Saturdays again. I was chatting to you about that off-air. Um, and yes, yeah, some, some much needed light at the end of the tunnel heading into summer as well. So yeah, hopefully 
come the pre-season and come the new season we'll be back watching lower league games especially um, for the new season Before we talk about Clyde your team um, obviously talking lower league um, has been doing particularly well I assume during the, the pandemic and you've been having a lot of shows Yeah, yeah doing, doing a lot Grant as you know I know you keep an eye on the show and we've been um, we've still been still been plodding along um, myself Ross and, and Alistair um, and we've just been uh, cre- as creative as possible during the, especially during the League One and League Two, in the West of Scotland League um, shut down. Um, but hopefully, come um, the summer, um, not only will we continue to be doing our, our weekly show as we do now, we'll also be able to get back to doing our, our new weekly show, which is the West of Scotland League weekly, yeah. which obviously, as you know, we started at the start of the season. We got you know a good few episodes in, and unfortunately that was that was curtailed. So yeah. hopefully those two shows will be will be back going every week come the summer. Very exciting uh, developments there from Dylan. Uh, talking lower league uh, with Talking Boss uh, Com brings you the weekly dose of all things lower league in Scottish football. Uh, you can find them at TB Lower League on Twitter. Dylan, let's talk about Clyde, uh, your team. Um, what have you made of their return uh, from the pandemic stoppage? Obviously back playing now um, it's been a bit of a mixed start yeah yeah to say the least I've been quite kind of Grant as ever um, it's it's been a, to be honest with you I mean I, I, you could say this about every team pretty much but it's been a really difficult season for, for Clyde I think from a, a financial perspective the club has been really hurt um, due to Covid and some other things as well um, I think that some of our key players uh, that we had in the first season back in League One last season who, who have departed, especially a kind of core of our midfield that were so important, you know, the likes of Chris McStay, Ray Grant, John Rankin, etc. all departed. Um, we've really struggled to bring in, you know, those replacements, especially I feel as if in the middle of the park, that core of the team. Mm. And we've, we've, we've brought in, um, as, as you'll know, we've brought in a lot of, of loan players um, young loan players from the likes of Rangers, who I think the club have got an official partnership with mm. now, Celt- Celtics, Marin, and, and some others. So it's a very young-looking side um, with some experienced players in there. Um, but yeah, it's been a, a tough old season so far. But um, we're still we're still in touching distance of potentially being a, a League One side again next season, which of course we all want. I'll come and talk about the, the Scottish Cup tie against the United in a minute, but of course before then you've got two uh, League One games to catch up on because of the pandemic and obviously positive coronavirus test. Is that a frustration for you to catch up on those games or is it a good thing in terms of if you get a few results you could build some momentum? Uh, you know, it's, a, it's a funny thing, Grant, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about this as well, you know, I think, off the top of my head, I think Clyde, because we progressed in the Cup against Keith as well, I know we're going to talk about the Cup game coming up, uh, we have something like 12 games over the course of a month, which mm. is just, especially at this level, at any level, it's just unbelievable, of course, Clyde had a bit of a COVID outbreak earlier in the season, so we've got two or three games to catch up on, it's a massive, massive week. Yeah. For Clyde, to be honest with you, I think we've got five away games in a row as well, which is just difficult. To be honest with you, I mean, would you rather have games or would you rather be training, for example, when you would be having games? I've got a funny feeling the players would be saying, we want the games. Um, and Saturday, at the time of the recording, obviously, Saturday's game just passed their own shows. We went there and got a very credible point, potentially could have got more. 
Um, on the back of that as well, we, we got a good victory against Keith. So that's two positive results in a row coming into a really busy period. So, yeah, I think that we're playing definitely over the course of the next uh, week or two need potentially two or three big results, I would say. You mentioned there uh, five away games in a row for Clyde. Obviously played two already, uh, that win against Keith uh, and then the draw at Lynx Park against Montrose. And as the time we're recording this, they're away to Peterhead on the 30th, which is Tuesday night, and then on the 1st of April, no April Fool's joke, I can assure you folks, uh, away to Bayview to play East Fife. How do you assess those two league games? Um, arguably two of the, the trickiest places to go in the, the whole division. Grant, I would say um, as well, I think that Peterhead, I think that they are finally starting to fulfil some of their promise, especially since the return. Obviously, they had a fantastic Betfred Cup campaign, if you can remember, at the beginning mm. of the season. Um, and, the, and since the return, they've been fantastic. They got a fantastic win away to Dumbarton. Um, at the weekend as well. They're really looking like they could potentially push for the promotion playoffs. I think it's going to be a really tough game. And I think East Fife pretty much mirrors that as well. I think if you could do two match previews of the opposition, they're in very similar states at the moment. You know, they're both on an upward trajectory in regards to both having an eye on those promotion playoffs, Grant. So, yeah, again, it's, it's a bit of a bleak outlook, I'm afraid. But do, do you know what? I... I I have to take the positives of the last two games, really in the positives of um, a couple of the um, younger players that we've got on loan that have really stood out, um, especially on Saturday there. So, do you know what? If, if, I think if we could even try and get one win out of, out of those two games, I think that would be that would be a great result for the club, yep. to be honest with you. Lewis Jameson's two goals uh, ensure Clyde got a point at Montrose uh, at the weekend. But let's review that Scottish Cup game against Keith on last Tuesday night, the 23rd of uh, March. Uh, a 2-0 away win uh, up at Keith. Uh, David Goodwillie uh, and uh, Scott Rumsby with the goals. A difficult place to go and get a victory. Would you say it was a good performance? I think in the grand scheme of things, it has to be classed as a good performance. I mean, it's... it's Probably not. Probably going to whip out a lot of stereotypes and cliches when we talk, but it could have been a bit of a banana skin. That one, you know, all you have to do, which I'm sure we'll touch on, all you have to do is look what happened to Bogota Rangers and, and Hearts, which obviously has been covered widely. Um, but yeah, do you know what? Professional, professional performance. Went up there, got the job done. Danny Lennon obviously quite rightly took the game seriously, and that's probably something you have to give the management team at Clyde for credit since we have returned mm. is the way they have rotated what is a very you know young squad um, and bringing in some experienced players such as Michael McGlinchey um, for the middle of the park and then Kevin Nicholl who started the last two games as well mm -hmm. um, you know I think when somebody like Kevin Nicholl who was, who's always going to be a hero at Clyde he was obviously a promotion winning um, captain when we got promoted to League One you know then he went to uh, Cumbernauld United in the West of Scotland League and I think he's just at Clyde on amateur terms at the moment um, keeping himself fit getting some games helping the club out um, you know but him, him and McGlinchey in the middle of the park along with the likes of Barry Cuddy who's also very experienced now you know seems to be there seems to be a bit of a kind of partnership a bit of cohesion starting certainly from what I've seen Grant yeah. um, starting with that Keith game going into the Montrose game so 
fingers crossed that even though it's a lot of games for these guys to play, hopefully that cohesion continues and we can maybe spring a few surprises along the way. When you go away from home to a lower ranked side, the, the pressure is obviously on the, the, the higher ranked side, but if you don't get off to a good start, things can get very nervy, can you? And, and obviously to get the early goal from David Goodwillie would have settled the team down no end. It did, it did definitely. I mean, even, even obviously I was watching the game and, and you were hoping for that relatively early goal. And I think once we got that, you know, we had a couple of decent chances beforehand. It, would, it probably could have been more than 2 now. That's no disrespect to Keith at all. I thought, considering everything that's been going on, I thought, you know, they, they put in a, an admirable performance. Um, but yeah, really just for, for Clyde, especially in the schedule we've got, I kind of tick box job done and, and you know we looked forward to that game away to Erna. Now let's talk about that game at Somerset Park because here United um, recently have been going along very well unbeaten in the last four games they won at Dundee they won obviously at Elgin in the last round of the cup and they drew uh, against Aaron Alloa as well in that run how difficult a match is this for Clyde? Yeah it's, it's <laughs> to, to reference the two previous away games that we'll have this week is as well, Grant, having it's it's just another really really tough place to go. Um, you know, this was a, a memorable memorable um, day for for the likes of Ross Alley and I a couple of years ago. We got eight United in the last sixteen of the Scottish Cup, and it was a fantastic day, brilliant crowds. You know, I think I think the game finished one each that day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a, a it's a really difficult one. But to be honest, a bit of um, potentially Clyde can just go into it really with no pressure whatsoever, to be honest with you. I think the, the priority for both of these sides, considering where they are in the league, despite Ayr's positive set of results since David Hopkins came in, is they need to both prioritise staying in their divisions if they possibly can. And so really for both sides, the, the Scottish Cup is a bit of a free hit. However, with Ayr obviously being a championship side, at home, on a good run, Clyde really needs to go into it just completely a bit of a free hit and just try and go and express themselves and put in a good performance that's all we can ask for really yeah David Gormley uh, got the goal the, the meeting you were mentioning earlier on and of course the uh, finish 1-1 of course uh, Ayr won the replay 2-1 after extra time well, I think it was an after extra time it might have been a penalty I, I believe actually. so yeah yeah. no it was after extra time I was right the first time and then of course the, the last meeting was a was a, what's it like 5-1 to Ayr I don't really want to bring that one up too much if Clyde are going to get something out this game and push it pretty close what do they need to do well? They need to try and, um, we've touched on it earlier, Grant, they need to try and, if possible, control that middle of the park. I think that's going to be incredibly vital. And as much as, as much as perhaps some people might question the inclusion of the likes of Kevin Nicol, as we've touched on before, I think for games like this one, um, I think a similar side that started on Saturday um, away to Montrose at the time in Gordon obviously um, is one that we should probably go for I think that side had a perfect balance of experience and youth and a couple of the youth players as I touched on in particular Lewis Jameson who obviously got two goals and was man of the match um, on Saturday starting to really create a good partnership with David Goodwillie I feel mm -hmm. um, and also um, a, a young lad who's come into the side and defence you and Otu as well from Celtic who is, has made his debut at Keith started again at Montrose and I'm sure he'll probably start the next few games as well I've been really really impressed with him 
Um, and yeah, I think games like this are a perfect chance for these young guys to to go out there and, and you know put their stamp on things. So yeah, for me, it's try to stay as solid as possible, really, mm-hmm. Grant. And on the flip side, in terms of Air squad and the players that they have at their disposal, who's the danger man for you that that Clyde need to keep an eye on? I mean, it's, it's I mean, Air obviously are a side that are always dangerous. I know, obviously, for example, they've just lost you know Cammy Smith, for example, who I've always liked as a player. Mm. Obviously, was fantastic in the promotion season. Um, for St Mirren in the Championship for me a player that's always stuck out in that team was always Michael Moffat yeah. I think he I mean just you know he's like Ayers Bobby Lynn I really like yeah. to think of in that <laughs> sense you know it's the, the, the talent the experience you know whenever people think that he might be done or whenever he might move on or whatever every season he comes back and he just shows how important he is um, and really, I think David Hopkins came in over the last couple of weeks and, and made him more of a collective. Mm. You know, they look more harmonious, they look more solid. So if Clyde, Clyde really have to stay as solid as possible, and really, I'm, I'm assuming it may well be, you know, Touchwood, it may well be Goodwillie and Jameson that, that start up top um, for Clyde at the weekend. Um, I would really like to see they two go at that air defence, to be honest. I do think that, you know, I mean, David Goodwillie can go up against anybody, I mm. think, in, in this country, especially the lower leagues. Um, and Jameson and him have got that good dynamic on the go at the moment. So yeah. if we can try and take advantage of that, then you know what? You never know. You, you, never mentioned, know. you mentioned Goodwillie there, and I think if he's on form, you, you have a chance. You always have a chance when you have someone as natural a goal scorer as it is. If Clyde were to get a result against Ayr, Dylan, how big a result would that be for the Bully Wee? Do you know, I think it would be a, a, a really big result, Grant, just on a couple of a couple of notes, really. Obviously, it's looking obviously highly unlikely we'll get any fans, so it might be a bit unfortunate if we get a, a big traditional money spinner, if you will, but obviously from that, we get further tournament prize money anyway on top of um, our cut of the stream money as well, so sure. you, still want to, you still want to get a, a big side, I would say, um, as well, and even though it would add more games onto, um, onto our schedule, it's, it's the Scottish Cup, you know, it's the best competition, I think the best cup competition in world football, you could argue. Yeah. Um, you know, and and we've touched on this before on Talking Lower League, is that we love the Scottish Cup as well, the Challenge Cup as well, and, and things like that. And even though everything that's going on around Clyde, the Scottish Cup could be a nice bit of escapism mm-hmm. for Clyde, as obviously the, the intensity of trying to stay in League One yeah. you know, really ramps up. So yeah, I think it would be... I think we just need to go for it, to be honest with you. One last general question before we move on to the rest of the ties. How important is it for the lower league clubs to be having this testing now involved with COVID-19 and making sure everybody within their camps is tested and hopefully uh, all clear? Yeah, vitally important, vitally important. And you're seeing throughout the country as well, um, you know, a lot of divisions and a lot of leagues are now coming back with no positive cases and, and for COVID um, at all levels which is incredibly encouraging and long may that continue obviously a lot of grant money that we've been given um, is, is vitally important to lower league clubs um, but regardless of that I still think that it's to be commended mm. that the League 1 and League 2 clubs collaborated came together um, and, and, and put forward a solution to the governing bodies really to, to get us back to the position we're in now and obviously from a client perspective 
It's a really, really hard few weeks. We've got a really hard couple of months, but you know what? We would much rather be back playing football than not playing football. Absolutely, and very kind words there that, that Dylan has mentioned there. Last thing on this specific specific game, I should say. Um, give us a prediction. Do you think Clyde could cause an upset, or do you think Ayr will have too much? Oh, as ever, Grant, I'll give you a, a heart and a head prediction, if that's okay. That's okay. Um, I mean, I, um, obviously, I have to, for my head, Clyde just have to go there and give it a go. I would probably have to say maybe a 3-1 victory for Air United if, mm-hmm. if I had to go in my head but my heart do you know what I could see Clyde potentially taking it back to Broadway like they did last time um, with both sides you know prioritising the league could be more of an open game than we think and do you know what I would maybe go for a lead two each I wasn't yeah, sure if there were re- I wasn't sure if there were replays in this round of the cup because obviously the last round oh. were played to extra time and, and penalties oh, so of maybe course that, that, that may well be the case that may well be the case so actually do you know what I'll put my neck in the line I'll go for a two each and then oh, do you know what let's go for a play the next time why not oh, well, why not indeed well let's have a preview of the rest of the Scottish Cup games uh, now Dylan I'm going to start off with uh, this one because I was chatting to Kevin Main the, for Martin United goalkeeper um, superb win they had against Dan and Athletic in the last round at North Lodge Park they've got Motherwell on Saturday for one of Paul Lawson's uh, old teams can they cause an upset do you think I think it's a fantastic opportunity for them to do so. I mean, um, you know, obviously Motherwell going there. Motherwell, obviously, I guess, from a Premiership perspective, in a wee bit of a, an awkward position, you know, they're pretty much safe, but they're, they're not quite. They could potentially get dragged back into it. Mm. Um, so their priority will obviously, Graham Alexander's priority will always be on the, the league. Um, but in this season, of all seasons, you could argue it's a good opportunity for Motherwell to get really far in this competition mm. um, as well. But you know what? I think I think it is one of the ties. I've got the ties in front of me. It is one of the ones I've pinpointed where it could be it could be an upset, and it may well be a case of obviously as you mentioned there, Grant, the games going extra time afterwards. This could be one of those ties. Yeah, absolutely. And Motherwell coming off the back of a four-one defeat by Kilmarnock before the international break, so they're going to come into this game not in the best of form. And for Martin, you know, in some ways, this is another free hit for them. They they got the job done against Annan. This is. Absolutely free because they might not know when their next game is if there is another game, of course. But the Highland League still very much in limbo as to whether it may come back or not. Exactly, exactly. And you know, and the pressure is all on Motherwell, not just because of their stature as a club and the Premiership status and stuff, but as you rightly mentioned, Grant, because of that heavy defeat at the hands of Kilmarnock, their fans will be go- expecting them mm-hmm. to turn up professional attitude and score a few goals mm-hmm. and you know maybe some fans might even think it might be a you know quote-unquote easy game but it's going to be far from it and yeah this could well be a, a really really tough game for Motherwell. So what do you think bull prediction or do you think Motherwell will just have enough? I do think that Motherwell will just have enough I'm afraid. Yeah I think so what? too. I'm, 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 I'm only going to go for yeah again if we're going to talk score predictions I, I, I would probably just say it would be 2-1 mm-hmm. Motherwell. Yeah. I, I really hope that 
for Mark, for Martin can at least get on the score sheet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it'll be an interesting game. I'm sure Paul Lawson will be keen to cause an upset there. Speaking of other teams hoping to cause an upset, and speaking of the North East of Scotland, I spoke to Martin Moyer, who's part of the Supporters Club uh, at Fraserburgh, and what an opportunity they have against Montrose. They beat Bank Sadi, the junior club, in the last round. Montrose obviously beat fellow Highland League uh, side Neon County 7-1 uh, in the, the last uh, round. But of course, Fraserburgh have got previous against Montrose, having won their only previous meeting 2-1 in 2013. What do you think of this game? Very similar to to the last game in a few ways, Grant. I think that um, you know, obviously, I watched you know the, the Montrose Clyde game just Saturday past. There, you know, Montrose are a side on and off the park that, that we have harped on about and talking lower league. Just so many positive things to say about the way they do business on and off the park. They're obviously their priority this season is staying in the promotion playoffs for League One and their hunt to, to get up to the championship. Um, However, I do think that this is arguably one of the, the toughest ties that they potentially could have got. Mm. You know, yet again, away from home. I know, obviously, across the leagues this season, home advantage has been quite diminished, obviously, with the lack of with the lack of fans. But I think this is yet again a fantastic chance for um, for Fraserburgh to to really put on a show at home. Um, and yeah, yet again, another potential opportunity for for them to go there and, and, and really cause an upset against a very impressive Montrose side. Yeah, Montrose have only lost one of their last eight games, which is a really great run Stuart Petrie's side of on. But of course, Fraserburgh have won their only two matches of 2021 at home to Turf United 13-1 and at home to Banks of 2-1, of course, having been a goal down. I actually think this game could go to extra time here. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think this could one well go. I think this one could well go extra time. I think it's another one that could have goals in it as mm. well. Not just because of the, <laughs> the isolated result that you just um, that you just said there, but no, I, I could see this maybe being a, a one each and, yeah. and going to extra time. And really, when it goes to extra time in the Scottish Cup this season, with everything that's going on. It's a bit of a lottery at that point. Yeah, Mark Howey, I'm sure, will be really angling to see if he can cause yet another upset with his team. And, of course, Fraserburgh very famously had that match against Rangers all that years ago, which was absolutely fantastic. Let's complete our Highland League uh, trio of teams because we have to talk about Broader Rangers. I was hoping to get Joe Mallon uh, on this podcast. Sadly, Joe had to pull out because of family reasons. We wish uh, Joe's father all the very best and a speedy recovery. Hopefully, we'll get Joe on the show at a later date. But let's talk about Broader win against Hearts. Where does it stand in shock results for you, Dylan? Is it the biggest shock in Scottish Cup history? It, I probably think that it, that it has to be up there. It has to be up there. So I, mean, your team beating, I, I mean, your team beating Celtic is right up there as well, of course, all those years ago. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, selfishly, I still think our result against Celtic is probably still up there. Um, but for me, that victory over Hearts for Bora Rangers is, is if, even with it, if not just approaching it, in the best upsets of, of the Scottish Cup. Um, and as I'm sure we're going to go on to, Grant, is what an opportunity they've got to get to the fourth round. Mm. They couldn't have asked, I don't think, for a 
for a, a better draw, to be honest with you. Yeah, Stranraer have had a, a bit of an up and down season, though since they've uh, come back from the shutdown, they've had done a bit of everything. They, they lost at Queen's Park, which is uh, no uh, shame in that, because Queen's Park have been absolutely rampant in League 2 this season. They did break, break it at home, and they have got a draw at Cowden Beat at the weekend there. And wh what have you made of Stranraer? Because you, you've followed them a little bit more than I have. What have you made of the Stair Park team? Yeah, very up and down, you put it well. I mean, I thought they had a fantastic summer. Really, I thought they recruited really well. Obviously, after an incredibly disappointing season in League One last year, um, you know, and, and it's only just probably um, since the restart and maybe just before that as well that they've started to slowly creep up towards those playoff spots in League Two, where I think they absolutely have to be. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that even at the start of the season, I predicted that with their incomings and. And things like that, and they, as, as much as it was a negative season, the experience they had from League One, I thought they'd potentially be a challenger to Queen's Park. You know, they didn't make a great start to the season at all, um, but since then, um, they've started to look more confident, more cohesive, and obviously they're they're now you know fighting it out for a, a playoff spot in in League Two. Um, so yeah, very up and down, and I think they'll be aiming for more consistency mm -hmm. in the remaining games, in the remaining games this season. And of course, Stranraer had a big comeback in their own match in the previous round. They were 2-0 down against Kelty Hearts, the, the lower league champions, and, and came back to win that game. What a massive win that was, considering Kelty's uh, excellent form under, under Barry Ferguson. Exactly, exactly. I think a lot of people, I think ourselves included off the top of our heads, thought that that would be another fantastic opportunity for Kelty Hearts yeah. to, to pull off a bit of a scalp and continue forwards in the cup and fair play to Stranraer coming back and, and that kind of, you know, just showing the quality that they have in, in their squad. Um, and I've got a funny feeling that a lot of people might look at this and, and actually make, because of the result previously, actually make a bit of an assumption that Bowler Rangers are going to just win this game and they'll go on mm. and they'll get well, that was what, that, was, that was what I was going to come on to. The fact that obviously they beat Hearts, it's, it's a little bit like when an underdog beats the top seed in other sports. It's the next game that's important because how can you get to that same heights? Can you get to that same heights? And sometimes it doesn't quite happen. Could that be a factor for Brora, do you think? Absolutely, and Stranraer will go there as well with, I think, a little bit of added confidence and a little bit of that added motivation um, to go there and, and show them up really off the back of all the positive press and the positive result, um, you know, off the back of playing hearts. Um, so yeah, it's a very intriguing tie, maybe one on paper that might not look mm. that exciting, if you will, in comparison to other um, ties that we've got coming up, but no, very intriguing, I think. Jordan McRae and uh, Martin McLean scored the goals against the Chambos in the previous round. I spoke to Craig Campbell for a previous uh, Scottish Cup special, their assistant manager, and their video went viral on social media, so I'm really delighted uh, for him and, and Stephen Mackay, who's done an absolutely superb job at the Dudgeon Park team. Prediction for this game? I think this might go to extra time. I'm going to make a, a, probably a bit of a bold prediction, Grant. I don't think this will go to extra time. And I think Bogota Rangers will win this 2-1. Interesting, interesting. That's uh, the thoughts of Dylan on that one. Let's continue on the guests I've had on the show, because obviously I spoke to Tony McMinn, uh, the East Fife assistant manager, and they've got a really intriguing tie at home to Morton, who've had a bit of a change of management uh, in recent weeks. This, for me, has got all the makings of a potential banana skin here for Morton. 
Yeah, I would completely agree. I think that, you know, Gus McPherson and Andy Millen, who have obviously come into Morton, still getting used to this team, still shaping things up in the way that the Championship is shaping up. I mean, we, we say this every week on Talk of Lower League. We feel as if it changes daily, never mind weekly, yeah. in how tight it is. Um, so, yet again, a side that perhaps won't be prioritising the Scottish Cup and Old Morton haven't got, you know, granted they have got a very big squad, actually. I think it was Gus McPherson that might have been saying that their squad was actually too big mm-hmm. in some areas. Um, but, you know, they're still trying to get used to their squad and try to find the, the perfect balance. Um, so, and I think East Fife are on an upward trajectory as as we mentioned before obviously Clyde will be facing off against them Thursday um, you know I think Darren Young and, I, and I'm sure if Ross and Ali listen to this they'll be laughing but I genuinely think Darren Young is one of the most exciting young managers in, in Scottish football I'm really excited to see how, how his career goes um, and I think East Fife are definitely candidates for the promotion playoffs I think this is a fantastic opportunity for them to progress Tony said to me when we spoke that the league is a prime priority ahead of that Scottish Cup game and they've got Montrose and of course your own team Clyde before that match again a similar question for you with regards to East Fife momentum in games or just preparing for the big game on on Saturday whatever way you want to look at it will that be a, a hindrance or a, or a positive for East Fife do you think? I think it very much depends on on the results of, of this week for East Fife as well, I think, as you touched on there. If they go into the games with momentum, with winning momentum, if they get a couple of good results, you know, they could be in the playoffs. I think they're going to really go into this game with a really positive mentality. And I think that could be the difference here. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think that may well get East Fife over the line. But mind you, you can never rule out um, a Gus McPherson team uh, and that's you know they, he knows how to go to difficult places and, and get results so yeah could be a really tight one this The two sides met in 2019 East Fife came out on top 2-1 in fact East Fife have won two of the last five meetings the other games have all been draws so Malta don't have a particularly good record at Bayview and I think East Fife will win this game what do you think? I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I don't think one of my one of my close friends is a, a big Morton fan. I don't like he'll he'll won't like me saying this, but yeah, I do think that. Um, and it, it, to be honest, and, and, and I don't ever like to say this, but it could well be a bit of a positive for Morton to really focus on, you know, securing their championship status. Yeah. Um, I think I think this could be a, a two or three one. Um, victory for, for East Fife you know they're a really dangerous side at the moment yeah absolutely some really good players in their, in their team and I want to give a little bit of an apology to my fellow presenter of the SPFL 42 show Callum McFadden obviously a staunch Morton fan who's probably going to tweet me after this saying you got that hopelessly wrong which probably I have done uh, let's move on to talk about the last guest I had on uh, the show and then we'll look at the rest of the, the matches Queen of the South playing on Monday night live on the BBC at home to Hibs in the Scottish Cup um, what have you made of Queen of the South because they had a really bad start they, they changed things around it seems like Alan Johnston has finally managed to get things to work and they've been working away quite well in the championship I think they have, I mean, what, in, in the grand scheme of things, Grant, what a 2021 20, they've had so far. Yeah. Um, you know, some phenomenal results in there. You know, the emergence, you know, of, of somebody, you know, like Connor Shields over the course of this season as well. 
um, and they just seemed to have found that nice balance in their squad. Um, and yeah, I think it's I, I think it's a, a brilliant chance for them to to really go out there and, and give Hibs some um, some problems in front of the in front of the TV cameras on Monday night. Yeah, do you think there's a potential upset here because Hibs are six points clear in third spot, obviously looking to secure European football. It's been a strange season for Hibs because they got to the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup, lost to Hearts. You know, another opportunity for them to to get through this year's competition. They lost the semi-final of the Betfred Cup to St Johnston. Is there a bit of pressure on Jack Ross to do well in the Scottish Cup this time around? I would probably say there is. Um, I don't know. I think there actually might be a bit of internal and external pressure. Um, you know, f- for them to do well, and I do think that, you know, especially over the course of the next couple of weeks, I do think they will, you know, obviously secure European football, which shows a very positive season for Hibs. Um, but I do think that they will want to have a very good go at the Scottish Cup this season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as much as I think that there's a great chance for Queen of the South to show, you know, the improvements they've made. Um, I do think that Hibs will just be too strong for, for Queens in this instance. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I, I spoke to Finlay Jack about this and I've got to say he's a, a big credit to Queen of the South and Queen of the South have been really exciting to watch this season. I just think Hibs will narrowly have enough but I don't think there's going to be an awful lot in that match. Let's review the rest of the, the Scottish Cup ties because there's some really exciting matches starting on Friday night at a Highland Derby between Ross County and Inverness. What do you make of this game? Because Callie Thistle have had their issues. John Robertson is on compassionate leave. Neil McCann has come in. He seems to have got a tune out of this group of players. He does. Yeah, it's been a it's been a really good uh, you know couple of weeks for for Neil McCann and, and Inverness. You know, finally looking like they're getting some good results. And I think this is a fantastic opportunity for them to to get, not only get through. But obviously, take the take the bragging rights in the derby as well against the Ross County side. That just when you think they're about to get going in the Premiership, it just doesn't seem to doesn't seem to click for them. And I do feel they are in real danger of 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 you know being a Championship side next season. John Hughes has got a real love affair with the Scottish Cup. Obviously, having won it with Inverness back in 2015. I mean, is there a bit of pressure for him to win this game or? Could he say, look, we need to try and concentrate on making sure we stay alive in the Scottish Premiership and maybe doesn't take the start? Because I know a lot of Highland fans will listen to this and think, we, we don't want to lose this game because it's our bitter rivals. Exactly, exactly. I think there will be a bit of a... It's a tough situation for, for John Hughes. Um, you know, but I do think that the priority has to be the league. As much as I think that, you know, the, the Cup is incredibly important especially for, for Ross County. Um, I do think that, that it could potentially make some tweaks to the side. Um, and, yeah, again, it just it just goes to show again what a great opportunity this is for, for Inverness Cali. Before you give your prediction, Inverness's last victory against Ross County was in 2015. Sorry, 2016, I beg your pardon, 3-0. Um, that was the last time they won at uh, the Global Energy Stadium. Do you think there'll be an upset here? Or would it be an upset if Cali won? I still think it probably would be classed as an upset, despite current form. Um, but I think Cali will go into it with a lot of confidence. 
and I could see them coming away with a, a one 0 I think it'll be quite a tight. I think it'll be quite a tight game. I think that will go all the way to possibly a penalty shootout. I'm going to go for a draw on that one. I really think that could be very, very uh, tough to call. Let's move into the games on Saturday. Uh, start with the, the second of the, the three games. Obviously, Ruskin Inverness is the first game live on UC Sports Combine. Saturday lunchtime, Aberdeen under new management um, go to Dumbarton uh, in the cup. What do you make of, first of all, the changes at Aberdeen? And secondly, how do you think this will be for Stephen Glass's first game in management? We believe it will be his first game in management. This will be a, a really intriguing game to see how the Dons get on against lower league opposition. As I think firstly I'm surprised that he's taken up the role just now. Mm. You know, I think I thought that it might have been more of a he comes in at the summer with his full coaching staff and things like that. Um, but you know, he's coming in probably the right thing to do to come in and get a proper look at the team and how he wants to build it for next season. Um, on paper, probably a, a really good start for him, you know. But I think this is a really tough one. I mean, mm. against obviously. You know, a, a Jim Duffy side that, that you know, Dumbarton, you know, coming off the back of a, a disappointing result um, last weekend to, to Peter Heads, early kickoff, you know, I believe it's on, on, on the telly as well, or, you know, obviously been streamed and stuff as well. So, yeah, it's, um, oh, it's, a, it's a real, t I actually think this could be a, a real tough watch for Aberdeen fans, I'm afraid to say. I think this could be a very low-scoring affair. The last two meetings, of course, between the two sides have both been 1-0. Aberdeen have won all three previous meetings against the Bamba, but they were all at Pataudry. I think this could be a real banana skin for the Dons. I think they'll nick it, but I don't think there's going to be a lot in it, and I think Dombata could give a real good account here. Yeah, this, this could be one for me that potentially is, is a 0-0. Or a one each and goes in extra time. Absolutely. For example, for well, Aberdeen are not scoring many goals at the moment, and that that has to be a huge worry going into a, a tricky banana skin game like this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It could well be a low scoring affair. The Martin, you know, the no, Jim Duffy knows how to set up teams for for big games like this. Um, and yeah, I could see this one going to extra time potentially. Certainly a very interesting game. That game, of course, is live on uh, BBC Sports Scotland, and I think that'll be a really intriguing watch. Uh, let's go to what is a really intriguing game as well next at uh, Dens Park between Dundee. Um, looks like a resurgent Dundee, but they are still very inconsistent against the, the Betfred Cup winners. St Johnston, could they make it a cup double? Oh, a very tough ask, but I mean, is it, you have to dare to dream as a, a St Johnston fan. You know, they've had an absolutely phenomenal season this season, and really anything. Really, anything beyond what they've already got is just a massive bonus, and it's a, it could well be an opportunity for them to. I don't want to say prioritise the Scottish Cup, but really focus on it more than they've been able to previously. Yeah. You know, especially being Betfred Cup winners and top six yeah. guaranteed now as well. So it's a really good chance for them to to progress and and use this tournament to maybe cause a few upsets along the way. Obviously, this is a bit of a so Johnston fans like to think this is a, a bit of a Derby Dundee fancy to disagree. It's a wee bit of aggro, wee bit of aggro between the sides. Um, but yeah, no, I I do think that Sir Johnston will probably just have enough. Well, Sir Johnston have game. won. Well, Sir Johnston have won the last four meetings against Dundee, which I was quite surprised of. Actually, Dundee have not scored a goal in any of those four games. But I watched Dundee against them firm on last Saturday night, Dylan. They yep. were 2-0 yep. down. They showed real character to come back in that game because they had an awful start to the game. And David Smith, who is a staunch follower of Dundee, follows them quite a lot for his work with Not the Old Firm and obviously his stuff with ourselves. 
you know, he watches them quite a lot. He says that there's more to come from this Dundee side, but I think they need to have a good run and try to get into the playoffs because if they don't, I think James McPake will be under pressure and may probably lose his job. Yeah, I would completely agree. I think that he, he, he seems to go through these these phases of being on top of the world to then, you know, a couple of days from losing his job. I think Stevie Crawford has went through similar phases, really. Um, obviously, I watched that game as well and was really impressed with the mentality of Dundee and the way they came back. They've got a really great squad, especially for the championship. Um, but yeah, I would agree. I think the playoffs have to, have to be an absolute priority and I do think that St Johnston will, will come out of this come out of this the I think they will as well but I don't think again I don't think there'll be an awful lot in it it might just be one goal margin now Dundee United have had a really interesting return back to the top flight looks like they'll be comfortably safe I don't think they'll get embroiled in a relegation dogfight Mickey Mellon said about Partick Thistle in the cup uh, looks like Ian McCall's side have finally managed to get up and running after what's been a pretty slow start to their life in League 1 how do you see this game going, Dylan? I still think that, you know, Partick Thistle, in a way, which sounds weird to say, are still finding their feet yeah. somehow in League One. You know, it's not been a great season for them um, so far, but they do look as if, certainly off the back, especially off the back of their victory over Airdrionians, um, that, that, you know, despite the fact that Airdrionians were down to 10 men, yeah. you know, they finally seem to have found their shooting boots, which for Thistle, earlier in the season was really difficult yeah. um, Dundee United solid job done I think in the, in the Premiership with regards to they're unlucky to have missed out on the top the top six finish actually I think they'll use that as a lot of confidence for next season yeah I um, agree but yeah it could be could be potentially still a similar mentality to Johnston um, in the sense that they really want to have a good go in the Scottish Cup and I do think that Dundee United will, will win this one I, I agree I have a soft spot for the Jags but I think Dundee United might sneak this one by the odd goal as well I think quite a lot of these games are very tough to call because Hearty Thistle you know they're, they're still a, a very solid team even though they are in League 1 they have to be looking at trying to get back up to the Championship surely they have to they have to if not I actually think that you know if they don't go up this season which to be honest, I, I don't think they will. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. I, still, I, still, I still think they'll be in League One next season. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that they'll have to make a very quick and impressive start to next season. Yeah, absolutely. From, 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 from a call to, to you know. Continue. Yeah, absolutely. It could be very interesting to see what happens at Tannadice. Now, this is a really intriguing game next. Forfar Athletic against Edinburgh City. Again, two clubs you will have followed a lot closer than me. Um, what have you made of both of their respective seasons? Forfar, um, I guess, relatively similar to, to last season. You know, ultimately, ultimately disappointing. I think that Certainly from a client perspective, going to Forfar has always been a difficult game for us. Um, however, I just first you know, I was quite surprised to be honest when Stuart Malcolm got this got this job. Mm. Um, you know, and and I don't know, I just I could really see potentially I do actually think it would be one of Forfar or Clyde that finish in that bottom spot yeah. in League One. Um, and it could be a toss up between the two. Um, but yeah, overly another kind of disappointing campaign so far, despite bringing in some experienced players like the likes of Bobby Barr and things like that returning. Um, Edinburgh City, what a brilliant start to life under under Gary Naismith. Yes. Um, some really impressive results, especially for me going to Elgin mm. um, and the return 
um, and, and getting up a, you know, a really good result there. I think, um, for me, I genuinely think that this could be um, Edinburgh City coming yeah. away and going into the next round. Could very well be. I mean, Edinburgh City did win their only previous meeting back in 2017. They won it by two goals to one. Um, I, I must say, we, before we give our prediction, we both think Edinburgh City will win, but we have to talk about that incredible goal that Forfar scored at Dunfer uh, Dumbarton. Um, a bit of a one to forget for the Dumbarton keeper. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think um, I've seen quite a funny interview with the defender as well, the Barton defender that I hit off of as well. I think it was on the BBC, um, just saying that he's so, he couldn't look at his social media mentions anyway for a wee few days. Ryan it just happens completely. Ryan yeah. McGeever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's him. And these things happen. I mean, it's, it's the joys of Scottish football. And actually, not to bring it up, not to embarrass him anymore, but. Um, something similar happened on uh, the Montrose Clay game on Saturday for um, Jameson's first goal. You know, it was a pass back by the defender to the Montrose keeper. Uh, Jameson shut him down, and the keeper tried to kick it out. It bounced off his foot and rolled into the net for the for the equaliser. So uh, it can happen to anybody. The funny quirks of lower league football and don't we all love it? Um, now, this is an intriguing game because, of course, two sides still very much in the, the, the Premiership at the moment. Uh, St Mirren, who just missed out on the, the top six, um, away to Hamilton, who, of course, got a draw against them very recently. The lead to deny the Buddies' top six. I get the feeling that Jim Goodwin will be looking for a bit of revenge here. Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, yeah, again, probably just... I actually, I just think a game that both sides could just do without. Mm. To be honest with you, I think that um, you know Hamilton obviously want to focus on you know their, their really you know their post split games and and the premierships. And Marin will just be looking to try and finish potentially with a higher points tally than St Johnston, who ended up tipping them at six. But yeah, for me, this is this is a good chance for St Marin to to get through and get a little bit of positivity back after what was a really yeah, I think so. hammer blow. I think so as well. I think St will win this game. I think Hamilton really need to concentrate on trying to stay alive in the top flight. And, you know, I think, as you correctly pointed out, and I think rightly so, I think both teams really could do without this game, to be honest with you, in a cup game. But I think St will look at it as a bit of an opportunity to right some wrongs, or partly right some wrongs, so to speak. Next up is Livingston against Wraith Rovers. Now, I've been really impressed with Wraith this season. Season, going along rather nicely in the championship. I mean, with all the story about Livingston and David Martindale has been outstanding, but Wraith's story, John McGlynn, I've spoken to, to their assistant manager as well, you know, they've had a phenomenal season in the championship. It has been, has been. I think a lot of people, including ourselves, tipped them to be towards the bottom end of the championship. They brought in some perhaps players that, you know, we wouldn't really know, um, certainly across the boards, and just what a Season, you know, John McGlynn is having um, with with that, um, and I really there was actually a, a to give a wee plug actually it was a fantastic um, interview with John McGlynn. I think it was on uh, the NE ninety eight website with uh, a friend of mine, Jamie Spring, who's a big Wraith Rovers fan, who sat down and spoke to John McGlynn, and it was just a fascinating conversation about his mentality, coaching, how he's approaching this season, next season, what their aspirations are. Um, and yeah, so a phenomenal season. And if it wasn't for maybe the likes of Gerard or Martindale, 
manager of the year for me. Yeah, I think so as well. And they've had a couple of good results of late. They won away at Stull and Albion in the last round of the cup. It was a very difficult place to go for Bank and get a win. And they beat Morton uh, last week in the pre in the championship. That was a, a very good home win against the Morton side. Obviously, have had a new uh, management regime and obviously very stuffy. But let's talk about Livingston because, you know, they, they still have aspirations of getting European football. But they could really have a bit of a go in the cup as well, can they? I think they'll want to. I think they'll want to, um, especially with the disappointment of losing the, the Betfred Cup, which I just don't think they'd showed up for. No, I agree. Um, you know, which is arguably the most frustrating thing about it all. Um, but yeah, I think they will really look at this and think that they, this season especially could really have a go at getting further in the, in the Scottish Cup. Um, and yet again, if they get through the next few rounds, you never know what could happen. And positive shown in the league, positive shown obviously the Betfred Cup, and another positive shown in the Scottish Cup could really set them up for next season. Now, how are we predicting this one? Because I think this is so, so tough to call. I, I actually think that Wraith have a chance here. I, I think they'll take it to extra time. Yeah, I think they'll take it to extra time. I was actually going to say as well, I think this is arguably the toughest game so far mm. that we've maybe had to call. Um, I can see this being a... Um, you know, being a potential for a, I know I called it with their Clyde game, guess out of hope of it being a good game, same with this one. Could well be a two each goes to extra time. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Stenish Veer Kilmana because Jamie Swinney, the CEO of uh, Stenish Veer, uh, John Bleasdale, another one of our guest presenters, spoke to Jamie recently and a really interesting discussion on the Scottish Football Forums podcast. You can go and check that discussion out. But Stenish Veer did a lot of great stuff in the community during this shutdown. And, you know, what an interesting game. This is against Kilmarnock. And, of course, Kilmarnock still battling for their lives at the bottom uh, of the, the Premiership table, down near the bottom of the Premiership table, should say. Is there a potential upset here? I would say so. I think I do think that Tommy Wright will make quite a few changes for this game. Um, you know, Kilmarnock obviously coming off the back of that impressive win over Motherwell. Um, I think that they'll have the, the bit between their teeth from a league perspective. The Scottish Cup has just just forget about it for Kilmarnock. Mm -hmm. I think this season, I think they have to focus on staying in the Premiership. And what an opportunity for a Stenhouse Muir side um, that I think um, have been quite, pretty impressive. And lead to this season, I think um, under the management team, everything that's gone on and off the park at the club, it's a club on the up. Um, you know, and a club that is impressed over the last few years anyway. Um, and I can see them, if not this season, next season, really putting in a really good challenge in, in League Two. So yeah, what an opportunity for them. Now, Callum McFadden loves to wind me up about Stenshire because in one of our very early episodes of the SPFL 42 show, I predicted that Edinburgh City would win comfortably at Ockle View and ended up getting beat 2-0 and I ended up with massive egg on my face. So I feel really bad about that and I don't want to dismiss myself to Stenshire fans forevermore. But I even think, even though Kilmarnock might make some changes here, I think they need to get some confidence. They had that good win against Motherwell in the league last time out. I, I think they'll win this game and they'll want to win this game to just get some confidence going into the matches in the split. So I'm going to go Kelly to win this one. Yeah, I'm, as much as I would love to see Stenhouse Muir cause an upset, I'm probably going to agree with you. Um, I think that, yet again, you know, confidence comes from wins, regardless of what competition it's in. And if they can get a win here couple on the spin, right back into the, the split fixtures then, 
I think Kilmarnock could have had a decent position to stay up, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I agree, but I'm really hoping for a good game and hopefully you can see some that we've last left the two old firm teams to last because uh, Celtic play Falkirk that match you can watch on Premier Sports uh, Falkirk had a really good win against Arbroath in the previous round I spoke to David McCracken on a previous episode of the Scottish Cup special and he said that obviously promotion is their main aspiration uh, this season but a tie against Celtic, who obviously have had a very poor season, losing the league title to Rangers. You know they'll be wanting to win the Scottish Cup to try and salvage what's been an absolute shocker of a season. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's a really, really tough, tough test for for Falkirk, who have been very impressive this season. I think they will go on and, and secure the league one title. Um, and I'm really intrigued to, if they do that. Really intrigued to see how the the management duo go on next season in the championship. Um, this really is just a, a hidden hope for Falkirk to go there, express themselves, showcase what's taken them to the top of League One and what's seen them be so dominant so far. But um, for me, Celtic, I think John Kennedy and, and the Celtic you know, players, will. this is their absolute number one priority now. I think they will go hell for leather to try and win this competition. Yeah, I agree. I think Celtic will win this game fairly comfortably. But just one point you make there about John Kennedy. Do you see almost him sort of just seeing these games out, just fulfilling these fixtures? Because it looks like it probably won't be the manager next season. Yeah, I agree. And I do actually think the Scottish Cup is potentially a route for him to get another job elsewhere. Mm. Well, John Kennedy's coaching credentials is still thought of very highly, but just, I guess, by association, his reputation, you could argue, has been quite tarnished. Um, so he needs to really have a positive end to the season. I think the Scottish Cup could not only be Celtic's ticket to you know, a piece of silverware this season, but could be his ticket to the Lands his first proper managerial job elsewhere. It's the first time these two have met since 2012, incidentally, which I thought was uh, quite interesting. But but Celtic do need to do need a win. But what I was say about Falkirk before we move on to our final game is they've won the last three games. They've they've had a, a, a tough run as well. They they, they had not throws at home and by all accounts they, they had to get the same goal quite late on. They won that game against Arbroath and then going away to Forfar as we talked about earlier on, not easy and, and, and they won that game and kept it another clean sheet. Yeah, I think they've been they've they've been really impressive this season. Obviously, last season they really struggled. You know, for example, I think they lost three times to Clyde. For example, <laughs> um, you know, which, which I don't mean just to bring up. Sorry, Falkirk fans, but you know, it's been a completely different story this season. They look like a different animal. Um, and they look primed for the championship. Yeah, they're six points clear as we are recording this, so it'll be very interesting to see if they can finish that through. Just the one game on Sunday, uh, Rangers against Cove Rangers. I mean, Rangers have been the class of Scottish football this season. They only lost to St Mirren in the League Cup. That's their only domestic defeat. Cove Rangers must look at this game and think, we absolutely have nothing to lose here. This is a great opportunity to showcase what we can do. That's exactly it, Grant, that's exactly it, because I think you can pretty much echo what we said about Celtic in this competition for Rangers as well now, because mm -hmm. Rangers, the league's, the league's done, they're out of the Europa League, this is a chance for them to potentially win the double yeah. this season, so it's very unique that you get to a point in a season where both the old firm are completely prioritising the Scottish Cup, 
So it's a bit ominous for any side that goes up against these sides. Um, but for Cove, they've had a really impressive season in, in League One so far this season. They'll be open to secure the playoffs, promotion playoffs, which would be a fantastic achievement for them. Um, but yeah, another hit and hope, similar to Falkirk. But do you know what? You never know. You never know. Cove are a, a really good side, and they could they could cause Rangers a few problems. And they did beat Alloa in the last round quite sensationally at the end of the drill. Ryan Strachan getting the winning goal after coming from two one down. Jimmy Masson and Rory McAllister scoring those goals. I've really been impressed with Cove, and I'm sure you have been too. Paul Harley, is he getting the credit he deserves at Cove? Um, it's a really difficult one. I mean, I think that I think that he will start to get the credit he deserves if he can get Cove out of League One. Mm. I think if he can get Cove out of League One, he, he will get the credit he deserves. If he can get them out of the Championship and stabilise them, you know, another club higher up may well take a punt on him. But see, to be honest, Hartley's obviously managed Dundee, managed Falkirk, managed Alloa. It could well be the case that this is the perfect project for him to be there for quite a substantial period of time. It's an exciting project and he could well be the man that helps lead them to upper echelons of the championship. Who knows? Maybe even the premiership one day. Yeah. In terms of Rangers and how they approach this game, do you expect them to make a lot of wholesale changes? I think they will. I think it will be a bit of a mix. Um, to be honest with you, especially obviously after the international break there. Um, but yeah, even if they do make wholesale changes, I think with the importance of this competition for them now, I do think that they will you know, they will take it seriously and they will be too strong. Yeah, I think they'll be too strong as well. I think they may score three or four. But I hope Cove uh, give a, a really good account of themselves. Well, that brings us very much to the end of our uh, predictions for the Scottish Cup. Um, you can, of course, uh, tweet us your thoughts at the SPFL42 show. And also you can follow uh, Dylan McDonald and uh, cohorts at uh, Talking Boss Lower League on Twitter. They do some really great content. Go and check them out. Some fabulous stuff as well. Really good luck to Clyde uh, in their match against Air again. Dylan, thanks very much for coming on the show to give your insight on Clyde and their match with Air specifically, but also our predictions as well. And good luck to you in our little challenge. No, thanks a lot, Grant. Yeah, thanks again for having me on. Really enjoyed it. And yeah, looking forward to chatting more about how our, uh, how our predictions turn out. Very much so. Thanks very much indeed.